0: what's up welcome to a new episode of movie schmooby this is episode number 291 can you check that is that right is that am i doing the math right on this 291
1: 291 yeah Yeah. all right wow it goes up by one i guess every week and you know that that checks checks out out. so that seems to happen every time so much (laughs)
2: progress
0: yep yep uh my name is steve i'm one of the co-hosts i'm here as always with
2: i'm ron and i'm john (laughs)
0: And there's a longer pause in there than usual.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like
0: this time uh, Ronald how you guys took doing?
2: a
1: dramatic moment, though. This
2: time He did. It was, you know, I was did. Not, yeah. That was my he fault. Did.
0: He tried to set up this dramatic shot on his camera, and he just kind of went with I did. the uh, audio port as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how you guys
0: doing, man? How's it going? life?
2: Good. 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 Uh good. Lucky. Good. Alive. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? We're here. We're lucky. We're here. We're lucky, lucky alive, yeah, internet, and, and doing
1: payable work. These are is all it, oh the my things God. you cannot take for granted oh, in uh, 2021.
2: You cannot take that for granted. Hope everybody else is doing well. I mean, yes. you know, all the listeners out there.
1: And Ronald, you're halfway vaccinated. Is that correct? Or did you halfway. get the one shot?
2: Yeah, I, I'm halfway. I'm um, yeah. taking Pfizer. Um, they don't really tell you to you get there. You know, in fact, when, when you get the call, you ask and they say they can't tell you, which is really uncomfortable. But getting there, it was cool, man. Um, I was in, they tell you to come on time, but that was in the line for like an hour. So I don't know. So it's in keeping I'm, with I'm, all
1: ha- medical appointments uh, in that. Yeah, 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 That's just due yeah. diligence to make yes. sure you're not yeah. late, but they right. can
2: be very late. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Was Was it like so Coke lit. and
1: Pepsi at a restaurant where you, you came in and said, I'll have the Johnson and Johnson? And they said, oh, gosh, is Pfizer
2: okay? I wish. Yeah. I wish I had a choice. I wish I could just kind of taste test them, you know. Let's kind of figure <laughs> it out a little drop way. little drop here <laughs> and there. <laughs> yes, girl, this is this is good. This tastes That's like good, baby man. powder. I don't want the Johnson and Johnson. That's what I figured. What I, I, I figured would. it's gotta
1: taste like yeah. taste like that or lotion.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I'm okay. How you guys good?
0: good? Yeah, man.
2: Good. Yeah. Good. Living the dream. A lot Live to talk dream. about. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to talk. Over. No,
0: no, no. Yeah, you're right, though. There is a lot to talk about.
2: We got Jesus,
0: uh, we're going to talk a little bit of Oscars, a little bit of uh, South by Southwest, which started this week and is happening as we record this. So we're going to kind of I think we discussed like breaking it up over two different podcasts, but we'll talk a little bit today to so about our experience so far and maybe a couple of things that we've seen um, in the first day, day and a half of the festival. Uh, And then the feature conversation today, we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which uh, came out, if you're listening to this, the day this releases, it came out last night on HBO Max. So um, we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast. But yeah, let's start a little bit of Oscar talk. Um, A weird year for Oscars, a weird year for movies in general. Um, You know, they changed a lot of stuff through 2020, multiple times in terms of like eligibility dates moving broadcast date moving, Um, you know, all these movies that went from theatrical to VOD, um, you know, they kind of adjusted eligibility rules so certain films could be included. Uh, So, you know, trying to be flexible, I guess, in times of a pandemic and try to be as inclusive as possible to movies that, you know, had to push schedules and that were still trying to come out in some sort of 2020 year or some version of it. Um, so yeah, this, this week, they, this, this past Monday, very early as always, they announced the Oscar noms. Um, I don't know Just in general. What are you guys thinking? Like anything special about the nominations? Anything stand out to you for the better, for the worse? Um, first, first impressions. What what are we thinking?
2: Um, I think the first thing I was thinking was where is the five bloods? Uh, I, I, I know that this movie came out very early in the year, but I mean, this is if, if there were to be ever be a year that Spike Lee should be on the list, it should be this one. This movie was super special. It felt like there was a lot of love in in it, and I, I just don't understand why that wasn't present. So that, that that was my biggest takeaway when I saw Best Picture.
0: Do you, do you think that's like, uh, do you think that that is like this conversation that always happens about like when it came out, especially because... eligibility got pushed you know two months further uh into the year quote unquote you know like do you think that kind of hurt it it seems like it may have what do you think
2: i think it did man because if you look at all the movies like the father judas and the black messiah Mank, uh minari nomad and promising young woman those all kind of came at the the six month mark of of 2021 If not later. So, you know, that there's an argument to be made that maybe they should have campaigned for this movie a little later. Um, You know, it's it's unfortunate. And I feel like, you know, I know that he doesn't need the recognition, but there was this there's been this like renaissance of people being like oh man have you seen spike lee movies he's saying a lot oh my god how do we miss yeah him this this commentary that he's had and it would be such a amazing icing on a cake to have had at least to be nominated because look he's competing with some monsters this year like you know he may not have won but at least he would have been in a conversation that would have been on the 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 packaging of the movie it would have been on on uh netflix to get people excited about it so Right. It's, it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. I, I think the thing that jumped out at me about the nominations was just the Stephen Yeun uh, or Yen aspect of it. Just the fact that, I mean, it's it's one of those firsts that you're happy to hear about a first and then you're instantly, you cringe and feel terrible that it's a first. But he's the first <laughs> right. Asian American actor in a nominated in a lead role for Minari. And it's like... Yep. I mean, A, that should have happened a long time ago, but uh, that's that, that, that really stands out to me. And plus, he's one of those actors that it kind of creeps up on me how good he is. He's, he's always good in what I see him in. I was not a big Walking Dead fan. I got kind of tired, particularly of his storyline <laughs> on that show, like what they did with his character. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's he, like, I remember in um, Sorry to Bother You. Oh, what was that thriller he was in where... Um,
2: it was real like video game type of one no
1: it was one about like no, um, um i can't believe i'm spacing on the name of it I'm, i'll pull it up there there
0: was two that came out on it was the wailing, and the other one was the one he was in right
1: yes oh god what was it called it was called burning burning yeah, yes that's it. but i mean he's, he's mm. just he's good he pops up in different roles and you realize he's He's one of those people who who's known for a particular character and you, and you see them do other things and you realize oh they really were acting there is he's up to more interesting things than this kind of nice guy character that he was uh, on Walking Dead. But no that that stands out to me because he's an actor I like and like I said it's just you know it's not it doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things there's still so much systemic about Hollywood that has made first like that so so long coming, um, if that's a sense, but, um, you know, it, it makes you feel good to see. And actually this year's nominees across the board are, are, are pretty interesting in that regard. It's, it's not, I mean, that Oscar's so white thing is still a problem, but it's, you know, uh, it seems like they are, are doing what they can to work against that.
0: Yeah. It seems Mm -hmm. like this is definitely, this is a, maybe the first, and, and maybe it's a product of, you know, uh, just the amount of movies that came out too, because, you know, they were saying like, this was like, I forget how many years, but like more eligible films this year than the past, I don't know if it was five, 10, maybe more years, um, you know, just in terms of just pure eligibility. So like, you know, I think that gave an opportunity for a lot of diverse artists, diverse voices, just to kind of be in the mix and be eligible. But yeah, I I think that was what really stood out to me, which is like after last year, you know, the Oscars So White controversy and, you know, besides Parasite really kind of, capping off a ceremony with, you know, which was otherwise, like, I think, I think it was like 19 of the 20 acting noms were, were, were white actors, actresses. Um, and this year it's, it is quite different and I think it's a lot more representative of the movies and the filmmakers and, you know, just the talent that's out there now making movies, uh, especially like, you know, that can come out over a streaming platform, um, and qualify. So yeah, you know, Stephen Young, um, Riz Ahmed, you know, is, is like the first Muslim actor. You know, you have two women nominated in the directing category for the first time,
1: which is another. Chloe Zhao
0: is a first. You know, um, uh,
1: I don't mean it's crazy uh, that they were nominated. I mean, it's another thing that's crazy that they're the two. They're the first right. two women.
0: Right. No. No. Absolutely. I mean, and and, and and I think that it's and it's not that. Um, it's not that there haven't been films in the past that should have been recognized for a you know a female director because there absolutely should have been. But I mean, it, it is like a year where if you look across the board at the movies that just had all the the heat, all the traction in these last four or five months, across the board, it is just representation, diversity, like Asian American, Muslim, you know, black. Like it's just, uh, you know, it's just it's a good thing. Like it's, it's really good to look at the screen when they're showing all these movies and all these actors and actresses in the faces. And you're like, OK, so that looks a lot more representative of this country of people making movies Mm -hmm. and, you know, just in terms of what's being consumed, you know, like the face of film going is changing literally and also just, you know, figuratively in terms of how we watch movies and, you Mm -hmm. know, and our access to movies, I think is is another point as well. So I think, I think, you know, seeing this, I think it's a great sign. I hope it's not just a one-off. I hope next year, it's even more representative, and I mean, I think it's a really good step. And I and I'll be honest, like if you're forecasting a lot of these categories, uh, I think you know the winning list uh, for this year is going to be quite diverse as well, and that is a really good thing. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, in general, like I, I'm I'm pretty happy. I mean, there are definitely some ones that fall off that were kind of oddities. You know, like you were mentioning, the five Bloods is definitely one. Um, what did it get score people... and
1: nothing else that i'm seeing here
2: yeah i don't see terrence none. Blanchard's uh, score
1: is nominated but i don't see it anywhere else in the in the main crush yeah, of nominees here. which is crazy because you're right ronald that movie when it came out it felt like i remember it was early enough in the year that it felt like kind of a reprieve in a way like we we were sitting here craving some kind of a big event movie um yeah. and i just remember feeling like i think we talked about how special it was like we thought we were getting some kind of Deal that we that we were seeing this this epic new Spike Lee movie on on a platform at home you know like yeah that. yeah um, no yeah that's that's a bummer I, I do think you know even on acting you would expect to see Delroy Lindo in there somewhere
2: yeah uh, uh, what the, do you think about Lakeith getting supporting well he and Daniel
1: Kaluuya both did I think sometimes yeah. they do that in a movie where they're they're a trying to pick the category where they think they have the most of a chance but also they're trying mm-hmm. to own up to the fact that. I mean, it's weird. They seem to play that game sometimes with, is this supporting, is this lead? But it's weird to see them both get it, or maybe it's not weird that they're both considered like supporting performances, but it's really more like two lead performances the way that I see yeah. it. But right, right. yeah, the irony
0: is, is that I think in the all the campaigning material, Lakeith was being run as the lead and Daniel as the porting, which people were saying that seemed reversed. <laughs> <laughs> after seeing the movie yeah right um, they both end up being in supporting which yeah even, even like keith I, is on
1: screen more right it feels like it's right, Daniel Julia's yeah. movie
0: movie yeah and i it was, it was it was weird like i like keith like posted something like when he got the nomination it was like it's pretty funny it's like i don't know what i don't know what happened in, but i'm i'm okay with it <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> yeah. his, his post on instagram or twitter or wherever i saw it pop up like they're all their reactions
2: uh i think that, there that's was his response to everything keith stanfield's yeah, general yeah.
1: stances i don't know what just happened but i'm yeah. okay with it
0: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> he's, his vibe. he's an
2: interesting guy yeah uh
0: yeah but it'll be interesting no, i, I mean him. i think for the most part there's a lot of representation um and uh you know i'll be curious to watch the watch the you know event and see what they are able to pull off uh in terms of production because i think they're trying yeah. to do some sort of like in-person thing like whether mm-hmm. it's outdoors or something because i read interesting that they were possibly looking at like an outdoor venue or moving it there but i don't know if that it's going to happen or not but i don't know what they'll do uh, in the next because i think it's april 25th is the air date so they have a little time um mm. but we'll see i don't know we'll see um sure. all right cool let's move on to south by southwest uh just like sundance uh we were fortunate enough to kind of Participate this year. Uh, we got two festivals back to back. We're, we're, gotta, I think that's called a street. We're doing
1: it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: these, so they these were, festivals
1: have taken advantage of the schmovie bump, is what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Right. They
0: Absolutely. heard what happened at South, uh, they, they heard what happened at Sundance and were like, we gotta, we gotta get it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So like we, we were able to kind of get some access uh, as press, you know, reviewing press in most cases to be able to kind of uh, check out some titles. Like I said earlier at the top of the episode, it just started the day before we're recording this. So there really um, hasn't been uh, a ton of stuff. I mean, we've all seen quite a bit, actually, thus far, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting for just for all of us. I, I, I was excited seeing everything that everybody's seen so far because we still got a couple of days to go. So I think next next episode is going to be pretty fun to talk about. But yeah, I don't know. What's 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 your guys read on South by your experience with the, the festival getting into screenings? Anything you've seen quickly, you know, that you want to drop during this episode that we may not talk more about next week? Um what what's the the, the first impressions I guess of South by Southwest 2021?
2: John, what do, you, what do you? What do you? How how was your experience? So I far? mean,
1: it's just. Um, well, you know what? I will I will make one comment. There's one thing I realize is different about this that is substantially different from the festival experience that I'm used to because otherwise it's just. Okay. It's very much like the Sundance thing of just oh this is really cool. I'm so glad I'm actually getting a chance to attend this festival that I never would have made it to this year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, I think. And this is a weird thing to bring up at the beginning of this segment, but I did think about you guys because I thought, oh, weird. I now can test a movie out, and if I don't like it, I can just stop playing it. I don't have to walk out and possibly offend the filmmakers or people that yes. are in the room or even just yes. be the person that gave up on a movie and walked out. I don't like to mm. do that. But I would happily stop one of these things if I was playing something on my <laughs> screen at home. Because, you know, you've got your schedule and you got your things all queued up and you start to – the sure. system is not totally – simple but it's clear enough once you get used to it to see like what's actually available yeah. to watch what's 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 had its moment of being screened and then after that it's available for a certain amount of time but like yeah. i actually enjoyed that it took a little bit of the pressure off of when a movie would start to kind of lose my interest a little i wouldn't think like oh no i'm stuck in here for another hour and a half i would be like oh wait you know i can pause it i can walk around i can come back i could i could stop i could actually stop now and not have to Suffer through this, which, again, I know that's a weird thing to bring up. I've, I have not done that. I've finished everything I've watched. But I realized that at one point when I started to wonder about one of my choices. I was like, you know what? I could just – like, I looked around the room as though the filmmaker was going to be sitting on my couch over here and notice me walking out. But um, but that, I think, is the thing that makes it different, too, is because we're talking about stuff at home. It is a home-viewing experience. You used to have to go and sit and hobnob. And, you know, there's a lot of fun associated with festivals that are that's just gone from this – experience. I had the luck of attending South by Southwest years ago, God, 20 years ago uh, with a short film that I was in. And, um, you know, I'm sure the festival has changed a lot since then. But I would, I, I think there's a part of me that misses that experience that notion of being out and about and amongst people, especially if you've got something to show. So I started to think about the filmmakers in that regard. I started to think, Oh, it's probably a bummer for these filmmakers that they don't get to experience that festival rush of, uh, you know, that you can, you only get when you're in person with people. But on the other hand, it's really cool. These movies are out and available and you know, it's not like passes are cheap, but it's a lot of uh, stuff to, to watch and a lot of choices.
2: Yeah. I, th- I think one of the things that I noticed as I was looking through this list of films, I think this group of movies is more my wheelhouse. And I think that the last ones were a little bigger. Um, and and this is kind of the sweet spot that I kind of love. These like sleeper films that you kind of hear about that you don't get to see. It seems like South by Southwest is emphasizing kind of those films for this festival versus kind of swinging for the fences and giving you something like, you know, like Candyman or something like that, which which I would have loved if they would have put in the festival.
0: And if it was in person, they would have probably had like a movie like Candyman, like right, notorious, right, right. like, they, yeah, yeah. you know, that that's the big buzz at South by is like opening night, I midnight mean, madness films, like they always have, you know, one or two of these like yeah. huge movies of the year, like kind of like premiere there. Um, so that's kind of missing here. but yeah, yeah, in general, i kind of I kind of agree is that like, you know it is it does seem kind of dock heavy, um which is fine by me. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think in general the the biggest differentiator is that you know, and having never attended South by, I don't have a frame of reference, but like you know, with the Sundance virtual, like you know, you were buying tickets for one off. you could you know, this ties into what you both said, basically, but like you know you're buying a ticket to a show and you watch it, that's it. Like where, you know, if you're in a situation like John just described, where if you're not really feeling it, you're like, I'm gonna probably still finish this because I just paid for this ticket, most likely. You know, where this uh, festival, the way it's laid out is like you're buying some sort of level of a pass, um, which, you know, and and pretty much like gives you unlimited access, Uh, at least our access that we were, you know, kindly given um, I think they had different levels of it, but I mean, yeah, you, you basically can register for these screenings and like, you know, there's a window once it starts, you can watch it. Most of them are for the run of the fest. Some of them are within, you know, a certain number of hours post debut. But, you know, I think, you know, for the, if you really are trying to immerse yourself in a festival, like even this kind of thing virtually, uh, you know, the, 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 the price per is probably a really good value. If you are buying their pass and like, just like, just ingesting all of these like shorts. Like I've watched a ton of shorts over the past couple of days. I've watched a couple feature docs. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, buying those one-off, you know, it would have been like financially, it'd been like, wow, that yeah. was a lot of money. Right. And this is still a lot of money, you know, depending on what level pass you buy. But it's it's like six and one half thousand the other, just depending on how you really want to experience the festival. Like if you want to just participate, I think the per screening thing probably works better. But, I mean, if you really want to be a part of a festival as much as possible, even virtually, this is a really interesting approach. And I think that the platform they built it on, the app is pretty cool. Um, it's a little glitchy at times. But, I mean, I think once you kind of got into the screenings and, you know, whether you're watching it on, like, your smart TV or your console boxes or whatever, um, I've had a really great experience so far um, With uh, with the exception of one film that I – registered for it and somehow got kicked out of, but, uh, for the most part, everything has been pretty easy to watch and like, you know, the, the start stop nature, just like the, the user experience of it has been really great. Um, so yeah, kudos to them for this platform. You know, I think they built it on something called swap card, which is like a online kind of technology that a bunch of different sites use. And so far I think it's really, really worked, uh, in their favor. So far it's been really good for me. Um, Is there anything like that you I guess that you've seen, I guess that you don't maybe think we're going to talk a lot about next week that you wanted to like mention any any titles that kind of come to mind quickly.
1: Well, why don't we just say what we've seen first, just to get some names out there, and then we'll see if there's a topic that emerges from that. Because I think you're right that a lot of this, it might be good when we're doing our kind of best of the fest sort of conversation to see what topics really rise to this. But I've seen Sasquatch, which is the first episode of uh, a Duplass Brothers' production, but it's actually much more the work of, I'm going to make sure I've got the names of these guys right, um, uh, Joshua Rofe or Rofe and uh, uh, David Holthouse. Uh, Joshua is the director, and David is the investigative journalist at the center of this show. And it seems like a really intriguing show. I mean, now if you're going to do a true crime thing, you got to have a, an angle on it. And I think this show <laughs> definitely has an angle on it. So Sasquatch. Um, I watched the first episode of Confronting a Serial Killer, which is another true crime doc series. This is a Joe Berlinger uh, project, and it has to do with... Um, uh, journalist Jillian Lauren, who's kind of the lead figure in that. Um, and, you know, that was an interesting show. I also saw The Oxy Kingpins, which is another documentary, which is about the pharmaceutical epidemic, and also who all plays a role in, in making all those Oxycontin uh, pills available to people and how it's not just drug dealers. It's also pharmacists and doctors and pharmaceutical companies. There's a lot of people that are unknowingly allowing this epidemic to, uh, to take place. Um, I also saw a documentary called The Lost Sons, which is a really kind of interesting character study as much as it is a story. Um, after you guys have seen that, I'll be curious what you think of, of the ins and outs of that. And I also saw a an indie film, a true indie film, to what you were saying, Ronald. This is a small movie that I don't know that I would ever have even known about were it not in a festival. And having seen so many big ticket items or just watching big movies and watching, like it retrains your brain to watch a truly independent movie sometimes, you know? Yeah. Um, but Potato Dreams of America is a, sort of a coming of age slash comedy slash almost experimental thing. Um, uh, you know, it didn't, didn't necessarily work for me across the board, but there's a couple of, of like key moments in there that I, I feel like people might be talking about this movie maybe uh, in months to come. But um, those are the ones I saw. What, what about you, Ronald? I know you probably have seen the most of us. What?
2: Uh, yeah, I saw a bunch of shorts. Um, I saw Sisters, uh, Soak. I ran from it and still was in it. Don't Go Telling Your Mama and The Other Morgan. Um, so two of those actually have a uh, same actress in it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Mary Holland is in two of the shorts. She's a great comedic actress and great in the other Morgan and Sisters absurd. Um, don't 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 go telling your mama is. Um, a rapper named Topaz Jones has an album coming out, and he did this kind of ABCs of of where he is in Texas. So it's like uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool the way he does. It's like a kid show, like but but sprinkled out these cool things about the culture in his area of Texas. I really enjoyed that. And then movies that I saw or, or shows slash movies, Sasquatch, um, Kid Candidate, Oxy Kingpin. The End of Us, which is a COVID uh, film about a a couple that breaks up right when the lockdown is started, and then kind of talks about their relationship after that. It's interesting, truly indie, and I think it's an actual couple. Um, R hashtag uh, J, which was the Romeo and Juliet. I
1: thought that was about you. I honestly saw that every time I I see R hashtag J, I'm like,
2: what are they doing? (laughs) Saying something about Ronald James on their side um man what a weird weird bit of sometimes i feel like some things are so now in the now i wonder if they'll hold up later but it's a cool experiment um it's romeo and juliet through to done through technology so uh instagram live text messages facetime all to tell the story of romeo and juliet so if anything it's worth checking out just off the experiment alone uh the We Work documentary. Uh We Work or Making and Breaking of a $47 billion Unicorn. Really interesting documentary. Yeah, I gotta see. Um, that. I don't know how much I can watch white dudes just get given lots of money for no no apparent reason, but being charismatic. It is the most frustrating thing. They're just like, here's here's four billion dollars for you to spend for your life. It's it's a weird documentary. <laughs> Clerk, the documentary about Kevin Smith, really cool. I fucking love Kevin Smith. Uh, It's a you'll really enjoy it if you've ever seen anything or heard anything about him or just curious about who he is as a person. Luchadoras, which is a documentary about um, women luchadores. It's a it's a cool story because women luchadores are not known quite as well as as men and seeing their story and trying to make it in the world really cool. And then my my um, the one that I'd say was a standout to me was Ninja Baby, which is a a Norwegian um, or a m- film about a woman who is in her um, early twenties, a cartoonist that has a kid, um, and she refers to the kid as Ninja Baby, and the Ninja Baby kind of manifests itself through a really cool device that they use throughout the film, and that's all I really say. But that's that's a real standout to me. The the humor kind of what I love toilet humor with some touching humor and really smart ninja baby is probably my standout right now so yeah that's that's what i've what i've seen nice How
1: about you steve um so yeah
2: i've seen a bunch of shorts so just to go through them real quick
0: so don't peek i checked out which actually they just announced today when we're recording this that uh tomorrow the guy who did like hardcore henry um and like wanted that they picked this up the shorts like a little horror short that they're going to be oh, making wow. into a feature um so mm-hmm. uh, that's called don't peek i saw Tale best forgotten uh plant heist Plant heist is a really cool short uh doc um about basically like this black market that is was created off of um these succulents that grow native in california like right on the coastal shore and just about like how they like the park rangers and you know the the uh the town really kind of learned about these people that were like literally flying into this town, this coastal town and stealing like thousands of these plants from their natural habitats and like kind of what they did to, um, you know, basically combat that and stop it and basically bring it down to zero. So that was really cool called plant heist. Um, the thing that ate the birds, which is a, um, gunpowder and smoke release that that's like the group that did, um, their ultra label like they did the, the the 50 states of fright thing that was on Quibi. Oh, um wow. that's a short film that i thought was pretty cool um mm-hmm. significant other puss joanna's dead uh flick stuffed and dale's, Ho- dale's house um were a bunch of shorts but in in terms of features i really only checked out a bunch of docs uh, i saw we are the thousand which was a doc about like the uh the thousand member band that basically got together to do like wow. a concert where they did like a Foo Fighters concert, and you know they got the Foo Fighters out there. Um, pretty cool, Doc. Uh, Luchadors I saw as well. Kid Candidate I saw as well. We Work Doc I saw as well. Lost Sons I saw as well. And uh, introducing Selma Blair would be the last one that I saw. I just oh yes, that, I, uh, I saw that as night. well. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I have seen quite a bit actually. Um, I didn't get to see many narratives yet, but. I do have some queued up. So definitely looking forward to catching up with them. I would say, you know, like of what I've seen so far, um, you know, the Summer Blair doc is really quite, man, quite yeah it's it's heartbreaking. It's really hard yeah. to watch. Um, I was really interested in the WeWork doc. I feel like it was a little long. I think it's still a work print. Um, but just, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like why, you know, I'm tired of seeing it as well. But just that, that story, like just that, especially all of us coming from like a cultural employer, like that really has this culture of employees and like you really buy into it. You know, when we all used to work for the fruit stand, like, it's just, it's kind of wild to watch, you know, people buy into a vision and, you know, really bank on it and um, just kind of watch it all implode because of, you know, the driver's greed and selfishness and all that crap. It's just, it's just, yeah, they're, they're making a narrative about this, like where I think Leto is, Garrett Leto is playing Adam Newman. Um, So I'm curious wow. to see that as well. Just a fucking wild story.
1: Um, wild all these story. cult things, and we've seen a few of them recently, these cult stories. Um, I may have mentioned this to you guys off mic. I don't think we ever talked about it on the show, but since you brought up the Apple experience, I always think about Apple when I see those people on these docs who are the bought-in people. The people who yeah. are like eyes glazed over. Uh, well, he's just wonderful. Everything that he does is great. Oh, well, everything that it's like, well, you just haven't thought how it could, you just haven't seen how it can work for you. And it reminds me of conversations I had with corporate people at Apple or people yeah. just higher up. People who, again, if you've got a really good, high paying job, maybe it, it's worth being bought in, I guess. Yeah. But it was yeah. very strange to realize sometimes you were talking to somebody who did seem sort of like, oh, you're like a zealot for this. No. company and for this brand and you're not relating to me as a person you're like relating to me as a component of the vision uh and yes. that's fine but it's it's very startling when you realize like I'm some sometimes it's not to say that there's no there there but that person's not going to reveal that to you you know it's like in this moment sure. they're they're totally bought in so i always it's funny yeah. that you mention that i always think about that with relation to like those just true believers out there, and the WeWork thing sounds really fascinating to me. And normally, I would be annoyed at Jared Leto being cast in something, but that sounds about right for him. He'd <laughs> you know, be, like he no, be this, is, this
0: is this this is like great cast. I mean, yeah. I don't know that he really has a, he doesn't really look like Adam Newman much at all. You know, this is like a tall dude, and like, yeah. he doesn't really look like him at all.
1: But it's the but quality, I, the sort I think of the like, character. Yeah, yeah, the
0: character, just the the magnetism and the charisma. I, I, I yeah, I, I think it's pretty great casting, actually yeah um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, those are the standouts for me so far. I mean, so far, I've really been into quite a bit of them, but um, yeah, we'll 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 come back next week and and talk about some of the real standouts. and and by between now and then, there'll be probably more news coming out of it, like like, you know, Ronald mentioned earlier, like some of these titles are announcing pickups like the Don't Peak, and I know Discovery Plus is releasing the introducing um, some of Blair Doc. So some of these things are getting announced as these movies premiere as a publicity, you know thing. So, you know, as they come out over the next couple of days and we get to see the rest of the titles that we plan to see, even in the wake of the festival, I'm sure things will be announced just like it was with Sundance with uh, acquisitions. And, you know, we'll be able to talk hopefully more about that when we bring those movies up next week on the podcast.
1: I had one little thing I wanted to mention to you guys about this, though, this tilting towards docs. Docs are just easier to put on for whatever reason for me. I think it's because I don't feel like I'm sinking into someone's aesthetic and their world Whereas if, I, if a narrative film doesn't jibe with me, I can sort of pick up on that quickly and go, I don't know if I want to watch this person's idea. But with a the documentary, right. there's always the possibility that like, well, maybe I just don't like the way this is made, but I like the content. Or maybe I don't like the way this is made, but I like the, the face on yeah. screen or the person who's doing the yeah. talking. It's like a lower investment. And I think it can also be a lower... Like there's a format and a formula to these things that you can really spot too. So in yeah. some ways, documentaries are like less ambitious, but... I don't know. It's just something I noticed that it was when I was looking at the movies I had to watch and the ones I actually got into. Probably the one I enjoyed the most may have been uh, Sasquatch, just because, like I said, I'm very fascinated with this world and... And where it might be going. Um, And then the one narrative film I watched, Potato Dreams of America, it was the toughest watch for me. And it might be because it's kind of herky-jerky stylistically, but I did repeatedly think, like, oh, where am I in this? Uh, Versus with the documentaries where, I mean, like, I think Oxy Kingpins could go more in depth and be more broad in its scope. But I also think that it does, it's got a very clear mission of what it's trying to say to you. Um, so absolutely. I don't know. Sometimes these kind of indie docs that are a little simpler, like they tend towards an hour and 20 minutes rather than an hour and or two hours and 20 minutes, you know, I, I think there's something about those. They don't have to be as ambitious if they're tackling something I'm interested in. Whereas a, a yeah, narrative yeah. film almost has to tick more boxes to really blow me away. I don't know. It was just something yeah. I noticed. Had you guys noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. You felt yeah, that absolutely. tilt towards documentaries? Like, what do you think? Do you think documentaries are easier in a sense or I don't know. You know what to expect more. I don't know. I kind of. There's, there's just
2: with with some of the movies. It just feels like, man, you need an editor. That's what I've been feeling more than anything in the world. I have. I've never talked like this before. But I think that because we're in such an open market in terms of what can what goes, I think the the kind of it's not that the quality's bad of these things. It's just like. People are accepting things that aren't as sharp. Like, I, I feel like if if some of these movies, I'm like, one more editor, one more edit, one more edit, and this would be perfection. And then, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm watching them like, this is like 20 minutes too long. Somebody could just chop this part off that has nothing. To, this is just mountain for 10 minutes. You know, it's just like, so anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean. Something I've noticed. Yeah.
0: We should probably like basically talk about Justice League for a minute, as long as it is. Like, so we probably need to record a four-hour and two-minute conversation about it. (laughs) Yeah, I was
1: wondering about that. Honestly, when we said we were going to talk about Justice League, I was thinking like. Is this going to be like a lo- and thought, but after seeing it, I, it's not particularly a longer conversation because no. it's no, kind of no, like no. a it's kind of like the movie we already saw, just stretched Damn. out with with more scenes dropped in, and then of course there's some crucial differences. But um, we're, I guess, you know, I haven't done like a point by point comparison uh, between mm. the, the the two. So and I don't remember the other one like chapter and verse enough to know where all the differences were. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a weird kind of déjà vu, um, talking about. Right. Talking about Justice League, uh, or watching Justice League, Zack Snyder's, Zack Snyder's (laughs) Justice League, as it's being called. It's not being called the Snyder Cut. Yeah. But Zack Snyder's Justice League, or or ZS JL, as I've seen it referred to in a lot of uh, social media, um, you know, this is like something we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, it's been hyped. It's been coming for a long time. It's like it was the one of the linchpins of this HBO Max thing. Yes. Well, you know, I, I guess we can talk about the whole experience of this weird movie even existing in a minute. But just what are your your gut? feelings now that you've seen the movie you've you've it's here you've seen it it's no longer like this weird myth it's no longer this weird hashtag it's a it's
2: a thing you can watch uh what did you think ronald this is not the same movie i i look i i remember seeing the movie in the theater and i and i tried to watch the the previous one uh the previous the theatrical cut okay i'll say the theatrical cut before this is not the same movie. I know that I know that we like to say, like, yeah, sure, sure. It has the bones of the I'm talking was, about the story. It's oh, not the
1: movie. The movie's very different, but the story is basically the same. Yeah. Uh,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. part is... that part is So what do I think about the story? My, uh, my gut instinct? Oh, no, I'm saying...
1: I'm saying I'm, I was just. I was saying back to oh, what I was saying oh, before. I wasn't saying
2: that it was the same movie
1: stretched out. I was saying it was basically the same story. There wasn't a whole lot oh, more yeah, story. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, the first thing I did think was this isn't the same film. I've watched the film recently. It ain't the same film. On any level... Is it the same? It's fucking crazy. It makes me feel weird. So like it feels like a fever dream. Like I have a I have a fear about like uh <laughs> like uh groundhogs Mine. day thing. Oh, Groundhog. Groundhog, I got like a that real fear thing. about like time, the other thing, yeah, perception of time and stuff like that, and situations. And some and I watched this film and I kept saying to Aaron, was this the film that we saw? Because I'm starting to feel crazy, like surely. Josh Wheaton's version in in and this new Zack Snyder cut can't be that different, and it was, and I think that's the first thing I took away from it Wow well, it's not like there's
1: not a lot not a lot of the same shots though I mean it's just it feels different because he's slowing things down and there's more character development and like scenes are there that you might've, maybe if you were a big fan of the last movie, you might've wanted to see some of this stuff filled in, but I was almost surprised how much of it was like, there was a lot of stuff that I thought was Joss Whedon added stuff. A lot of the goofy mm-hmm. humor with uh, flash that I thought was Joss Whedon added stuff that I was surprised to see is almost entirely
0: yeah. the same, yeah, yeah. you know, there's just, just yeah. a couple
1: gags that were different, but yeah. um, it's
0: like, it's like, what did, what did uh, Joss add to this? Right. If, if like like the whole, the legend of it all is that like, you know, he was in the WB stable working on a Batgirl film. And like, that's when Jeff Johns brought him over to kind of touch up this movie and the, you know, make it funnier to make it lighter, to make it more uh, appealing to a mass audience, yeah. like after what happened with Avengers and everything. But yeah, in general, like, you know, the, that's a takeaway from this is that like, you know, there's a lot of humor in there this is. movie that I think surprises is surprising to a lot of people. Um, that really kind of thought that that was, you know, that the presence of that injustice league that came out in 2017 was a, like a, a Joss Whedon thing. And it doesn't seem like it was, it yeah. seems like maybe got punched up or maybe got, you know, kind of, you know, just more of it in places, but in general, it just, you know, it didn't really work that well, but yeah, I, I, I basically agree with Ronald. Like, um, yeah, the story is the same. Uh, I think the guts of it kind of fall into place. And I think that's kind of the, the takeaway from what Joss did to uh the film when he took over was kind of just like build out certain areas, take up take out a lot of other stuff.
1: Yeah, a, lot, I mean, a lot got that, like, taken out.
0: Yeah. Right, there's reports that like he had cut like 70% of what Zach like of that movie, you know, of what was done, 70% of it was like redone. That's insane. Um and you know, and it that just all cumulatively is just like this movie is just like a behemoth of reshoots and you know, in both versions of it just it's just wild to think about what this cast and crew had to go through for both cuts of this film. But yeah, I don't know. It, it may be the same guts of the story, but I totally agree. I think it's a completely different film as a whole. Um, and I think that, you know, sure. It's too long. You know, it could be cut down way, way, way more than it was. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think it really matters because it's on HBO max and, you know, it's like, let's just put it all in the kitchen sink include it. Um, but, I don't know. I, I really, I really liked it. Me I mean, too. I thought it was a way better story, or it, it makes the story way more cohesive and it, it's easier to comprehend. Like, there's so much more uh, with characters that you felt were just completely missing from Justice League. And I mean, the real crux of the story, even while it's the same, are these mother boxes that you don't really know anything about. You know, in the original cut of this film, very, very little about rather. And I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces that gets built out. Um, in this movie, um, that is a benefit to it. You know, there's a lot of, you know, in the first hour or so of this movie, 25% away into the movie, it's like, you really don't see a whole lot of, like, the Justice League. You know, these characters, you see a lot of backstory, and you see a lot of, you know, the Amazonians, and, like, you see a lot of Hippolyta, and you, you it's just, you see a lot of characters that you didn't see. And, and it's crazy to think of all that was shot that was just kind of left um on the cutting room floor um and now you know now it's in this but yeah i don't know in general i, I was a i kind of i kind of thought it was pretty great honestly wow um, wow i
1: was so bored
0: yeah i, I was so it. bored yeah.
1: wow okay i don't even know if there's much sense in me saying much because I, I i just was so bored by this movie i was like i cannot believe this is four hours long it had no reason to be that long it was so indulgent <laughs> and like saying it has more in it that you need like, it'd be different if it was broken into, like, parts that felt like episodes, but it wasn't really. The episodes felt kind of arbitrary when there was, like, a title card that came up. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, angry at this movie when I was halfway into wow, it. Yeah, wow, I just was like, wow. what the fuck am I watching this for? But
0: that's that's not off-brand, though. I mean, because this whole conversation we've had about this, you've been pretty, like, against this thing. Not really against jump, it. You know? I just didn't
1: think it existed. Eh, I don't, I, 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 don't I, I didn't think it existed. You know what I mean? Like, um I, I and I don't I, agree. I, I don't yeah. I
0: don't think this movie existed. Right. I don't think it existed either. Right. Yeah. But but I, I agree but with you.
1: when I in retrospect and then coming back and watching the second half and thinking about the first half more, I do think it's a better constructed movie than the original, than the one we saw, than the theatrical yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it has more heart which is weird because, again, people acted like, I don't know. Definitely, yeah. Our impression of, it's similar to the way people want to credit everything that's funny in Ant-Man to, oh, that must have been in Edgar Wright's storyboards. And you go, well, no, (laughs) actually, Peyton Reed um, was responsible for some of that really funny stuff that people know about. And I think people don't think of Zack Snyder as sincere heart guy. Um, And I think this movie has more heart than the Joss Whedon version. The, The Joss Whedon version started to feel like someone took this movie and, like, was rather cynical about how they edited it and changed it around. You're right. Like, this felt so right. much more heartfelt. I was bored. I did think, why is this this? Like, if it was three hours long, <laughs> yeah. I think I would have had like a much better experience with it. But knowing, like, whenever I would pause and yeah. be like, "Wow, I'm not even half. I'm not even an hour into this thing yet, and I already feel like they've been giving me too much movie to set stuff up." But you know, you're right. It is at home. This is kind of for the fans. So, I mean, you know, and again, I consider myself kind of more than just a casual fan of the DC side of things. Um, I think I like Man of Steel better than most people did. I think uh, as much as we ragged on like Batman versus Superman, I think we spent probably just as much time or at least a certain amount of that conversation talking about shots we liked, scenes we liked. Zack Snyder is a brilliant visual stylist, and this movie is pretty gorgeous to look at. So that's something I would not take away from it at all. And it's more cohesive in that sense. and even with everything negative I've said about it, it does go a long way towards making it feel like a more valid movie. I think Zack Snyder's theatrical movie wouldn't have been four hours. And I kind of wish we had gotten the two and a half hour, two hour, 45 minute version of what he would have put out in theaters had he been able to finish his vision. Because I just feel like, I mean, it's not, you know, I know we're all kind of cooling on Joss Whedon right now, but I think at the time, it, that movie felt weird. It felt like a weird fit. Um, and just looking yeah. at the little subtle differences of the things that he injected into it, it's always this sort of, like, I don't know, slightly pervy humor. Um uh, I swear there's a couple of butt shots of Wonder Woman that are in the Joss Whedon version that are not in the Zack Snyder version. And I don't know if that's something they just knew to edit out or if that's really the Zack Snyder is like a more conscientious storyteller or something. I know that's a crazy thing to say because he's so no, into I, excess. I, I, I but I don't know. I just, I found myself appreciating Zack Snyder's vision of this this on an emotional level more than the Joss Whedon version. But I found myself really almost, almost angry that this movie was being presented to me in this for fans stretched out version. And especially when it got to like the 30 minute epilogue that, that, I mean, maybe the worst part of the movie to me is the Jared Leto scene. I don't know what people thought about that. I thought that scene was horrible and unnecessary and really did nothing in a movie where it's like, that's how you end it when there's, not going to be a part two to this, you know, or when there's not expected to be one, it just felt like a weird way to go. Like, oh, look, we added all this stuff onto the end of the movie that to me just felt like, boy, that was a total add on. And it dispelled the feeling I had 30 minutes ago when the movie felt like it was wrapping up, its story. It kind of felt like instead of having two scenes during the credits, like a Marvel movie, they said, let's just have eight scenes at the end. And again, it started to feel like, hey, we're putting everything back in. This is all the stuff we shot. You get Martian Manhunter in a really strange scene and in another strange (laughs) scene. I don't know. It just felt like those excesses really kept me from appreciating what I think is, I'll say the word again, a really sincere attempt to like tell an epic story about these mythic characters I think you know Zack Snyder w- had something on his mind and was trying to make a movie that kind of stood on its own um and uh yeah I'm almost ashamed that it couldn't be, have been more propulsive and streamlined uh for for me anyway so there's my mixed mixed to negative result I guess <clears throat> oh
0: yeah I think I think, I think we're all in agreement. Like, I don't think that this is a movie that would have come out had it been released under Zack Snyder. And I mean, you know, he's notorious for like releasing, you know, director's cuts of his films anyway, you know, Watchmen or BBS, anything like that. Uh, so maybe that would have still been something one day. Yeah. And I do think the movie probably could have benefited, like I said before, like from being cut down even to three hours. I mean, that's like a pretty big cut. You know, I think there's a lot of scenes in this movie If I'm, you know, the bad parts of it, I would say there's a lot of scenes that just go on for way too long, like excessive, you know, this visual slow-mo that he loves Mm -hmm. that looks amazing in certain scenes, but goes on for like far too long in the majority of them. So that's a huge negative for me. Uh, Some of the CG still, you know, is unfinished slash just doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a thing. If I'm going to knock anything, that's also one for me I would put mm. in that column. Like that big battle um, scene
1: is one where there were some really like unfinished looking characters.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it looks, it, and you know, and it's just like, it's just like, you know, they announced this and they're like, oh, there's going to be 20 million in reshoots. are going to be 30. And it's like, ends up being like 70, mainly because they, re, they shot those scenes and, and the whole nightmare of it all that you referenced with Jared Leto um for this like that's all you know that was shot for this and um i i I almost feel like that is like uh like a bluff you know like like calling their bluff like you know is is this done because i can almost you mean seeing them say
1: let's let's make more now that now that people have reacted to this
0: honestly i I mean it wouldn't shock me i mean you know look what wb is doing like you know they have these movies that are all these one-offs that don't have anything to do with anything else and you know and maybe these movies don't get made for theatrical maybe they get made for if, if they do anything with these maybe they are hbo max things um i don't know that that'll happen and from listening to Zack snyder um in a lot of interviews for this release it seems like he seems to think that it's done but it's also just like a feeding it's feeding the frenzy of like oh man like what, what that would have been awesome i don't know that i agree with that i don't know that i even like those scenes at the end <laughs> but i do think it's a pretty big flex on his part and in general you know we've always talked about like you said john like he's an amazing visual storyteller and um you know i'm a big fan of the majority of his movies um you know in general so i would not be opposed to seeing him do something more with this and i really do think that he had a pretty interesting idea of what this two part justice league would have been, because that's the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, the intention was for these to be two different movies, not what we just watched, but this grand story of what yeah. would happen uh, with dark side and all that stuff was, was going to be two different films. Yeah. Um, so that changes a lot of things when it doesn't become that. And, you know, the legend of what happened you know in this production is, is a whole nother podcast but
1: also coming uh, after which, thanos is another thing that just hurts Darkseid side as, oh, as sure. a reveal like he doesn't have the that's a place where like marvel has this character with a face and, an, and a recognizable human presence that you can latch on to and yeah. this movie yeah. had like a, a one of the least finished looking effects almost was dark side's face yeah. i never felt like it was quite real i actually thought steppenwolf looked kind of cool in some scenes or at least there was something yeah. about his design that worked for me visually even if as you you said, Steve, a lot of the effects in this movie feel like Mm -hmm. unfinished versions of cool ideas, you know, (laughs) which, yeah, I don't know. And there's the whole Lord of the Rings sequence in the middle with that battle. Did you guys feel Lord of the Rings vibes when it was like, (laughs) and then they split the three boxes (laughs) up amongst the three tribes, you know, it felt like they were going for that, which again, I think it's kind of neat that Zack Snyder was trying to wedge that in to the middle of a superhero movie. But, um, I guess that kind of ambition is, is, you know, kind of what bites him
2: on the ass sometimes. Um, I was also going to say, man, sometimes it feels good to have seen an adult superhero movie like with cursing and and fucks. And man, like I I'm not going to ever get that from Marvel. And I'm getting that. I mean, we might get that through Deadpool. Um, There's rumors that that's going to be R rated. But I I like that these films are kind of set in a world where if somebody gets thrown against the wall, there's blood you know I, yeah. I love yeah. that yeah it's it's just a yeah. it's just a welcome change and i and sometimes i feel like especially reading some of the reviews i've read people are so used to what marvel brings which is very strong obviously man it's an incredible culture that they've created the the running 10-year story is is like a, a a film achievement that will probably never be done again but there I mean, are things that are different that can that right can counter that energy. That are, that, that success that, doesn't mean that's the right way to do it. It just yes. means it's a
1: good way to do it. Yeah, yes,
2: in yeah. in these one-off movies aren't a terrible idea. I don't want Mm-mm. interconnectivity for everything. And I watch. I don't. I mean, I'm okay with a sequel. You teasing a sequel, but to be like the arc is going to be ten years to solve. All right. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Well, but your heart I think sinks
1: is- sometimes when you know you're getting part one of ten or you're getting season yeah. one of six. Yeah. You kind Absolutely. of go, really? Yeah. I just want a story. You know, yes. and, I, and that's what I was saying before about Zack Snyder having an idea. His idea yeah. about like, okay, these are mythic characters. These are gods. Let's mm. give them all these godlike powers, you know, and then set them up yeah. against bigger yeah. gods. <laughs> and guess what? That guy works <laughs> yeah. for a, a god that's a, a bigger god. Um, I thought yeah. that, you know, I, I think that is something that, not to say that Marvel doesn't dip their toe into those kind of cosmic Waters, their characters just aren't as mythic um, from the outset, you know? And I think that's the nature of it. And it's almost like the difference is what makes them cool. Like, I like that Superman is kind of... This, yeah. this magical character, you know? <laughs> I, I love that, you know, Batman is grounded. And I mean, again, I, I do think some of those moments, character moments in this movie are better because this, this is a more sincere take on it. But there are also moments where characters are just standing around looking cool. Like there's a shot towards the end where the six of them are just lined up. Yeah. And I swear it's like a solid minute just moving down the line. <laughs> and each one of them kind of makes a face, you know, and yeah, it, and then it cuts to another angle and it's them standing there staring off and, and it's like I, I know their ships arriving to pick them up or whatever, but it felt like, okay, this is a total Zack Snyder moment. It's like that yeah. thing where in Peter Jackson did it in King Kong. The reason that movie is three and a half hours long or whatever it is is because every shot happens three times. Every time like a dinosaur jumps down, you get like shomp, shomp, <laughs> shomp. you get like every shot is like yeah. they give you every angle and I think sometimes movies like this are all about that. They're trying to give you like the look at this cool shot we set up. Now let's show it from this Side. now let's fly in from this side and it's it you kind of alluded to this steve it kind of slows down the momentum uh you know in the middle of stuff that's happening that that is kind of interesting sometimes mm-hmm. what did you guys think yeah. of the action i know we said that there's some unfinished action in this but did you think this was this movie i felt like it had a couple of new action scenes in it
2: uh that were i was gonna say what movie. action that's the first thing i was gonna say like there was action it was very spread apart and and there's i kind of talking. wish there was a little more <laughs> i wish there was a little more action that's all i mean i thought that the action that happened was great by the way like the idea that like superman is this god and everybody's like where is superman like i don't care about anything else where is he he has shrines he has like it's 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 crazy but i guess if 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 there were to be a man that existed or a being that existed like that it would be like that and he would be the great equalizer, and I did like that when you know they they did stand the chance. But when Superman came, it, it there's a different feel to his powers. Like he yeah. he he's a he's a god. He can he can go like this and push you across a, a, a football field. You know, I, I do love that about what he brings to the table and, and the, the the mythology surrounding him. So, you know, I I thought the action was great, and I thought that the 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 one that stood out to me was the Wonder Woman scene. That robbery scene felt so different. Way different. It felt so different. Okay, but why does she
1: destroy the building after she's effectively dealt with the threat (laughs) and didn't have to destroy the building? Like...
0: Better question, John, why not destroy the building? <laughs> I just
1: thought that was a very under, Snyder, that, that's a very un-Wonder Woman thing to do, is like, let me do some mass destruction. But no, that scene did feel different, and it's like, I remember that scene. I remember even beats from that scene in the Whedon version, but this version felt different. It felt gr- grittier and rougher, actually. Wonder Woman seemed a bit more like she was kicking their asses. Um, but I mean, I remember almost every beat from that scene. It's, it's weird how much of the movie is like that at least for me, where I'm yeah. like, I know I saw this exact exchange before, but it felt different um, and maybe had one or two little things added in. Um, I'm trying to remember which action scene would have worked the best for me. I thought that one was kind of fun. Uh, that was way better than the scene in Wonder Woman where she takes down the thieves in the mall. You know, this was kind of like a, yeah. a different oh, version yeah. of the same scene where she just yeah. comes in and quickly dispenses with somebody. Um, yeah, that scene was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I agree with you guys. You know, I love the moment. My favorite moment it was in the other one, but it was in this one too. And I was kind of glad to see that it was a Zach uh, invention was the moment when Superman recognizes that flash is moving fast when they first meet. Oh my Clark, God. And he's fighting yeah. them all and flash is running around him And then, henry cavill cuts his eyes over yeah uh, and you realize flash (laughs) knows that superman is thinking fast enough that he can tell what he's doing and then flash gets this kind of oh shit" because he's not used to that you know that just is and and henry cavill plays that moment because at that moment we're seeing how scary superman would be if he was fighting you you know but kind of something you said ronald i think you know in the comics and you probably know this term uh, overpowered is a term that people use for certain characters, and Superman is overpowered, you have to come up with story reasons why he's not using his power, why he can't use his power, why he's called away. So in some ways, even though this feels weird to have a uh, just, Justice League movie that is mostly without Superman, it makes sense, just like knocking out Professor Xavier midway into an X-Men movie makes sense, because he can just do whatever you need to do, you know? That, that overpowered yeah. character kind of needs to be held back. Um, I remember there was a season of Deadwood, I think the second season where Al Swearengen, the kind of guy who secretly runs the town, was down with like a kidney stone or a gallstone. And he was... And it was like, why are they doing this? The season comes back for... The show comes back for a second season and then the breakout character is sidelined for like four or five episodes. But then at the moment when he wakes up and he gets to have this, what the fuck has happened when I was down and you guys were running (laughs) things, you realize that's the moment that you really need that character. Like, So I think sometimes you need Superman to be out of commission so that when... When he shows up it can be like oh yeah now the guy who can basically just win things is here um but it, a story where he's just kicking everybody's ass is kind of it does make you think a little too much about like wait how is batman even remaining a player amongst all these other people you know he's the one guy who's just like i got a suit you know he's got like a, there's like gods and goddesses and stuff and he's and you know he's a he's underpowered in that sense and I think you would be thinking right. about his role much more if it's like him alongside Superman fighting it's like well I got a grappling hook <laughs> you know I don't know I just think that it's mm-hmm. a smart move story wise even though it I know people are complaining in fact the people in my house my son and wife were both being like oh I want more Superman and I was like yeah but if he's here then it's kind of like game over in a lot of ways
2: yeah yeah that,
0: that's like that's a big thing I thought about like not that necessarily I would more of him in this movie but a takeaway is like you know, I agree. Like I, I actually, I love man of steel. I think it's great. And I think that that's something that Snyder had was like casting Cavill and just the, that Superman. I really, I really liked what they were doing with Superman. Um, and I think he's just great as Superman. So like when he comes, when he's in this movie, when he's in these big action scenes, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's some of the, you know, some of the best stuff in the movie. Um, not all the Superman stuff I think works in the movie. Um, and feels like kind of disjointed. But in the end, you know, those, those big action scenes, if we're talking about the action, I think, you know, reintroducing that power that he has that you were just talking about, John. I think that really kind of, it like takes the action to another level and like, and allows the characters that we've seen involved in the action to like step up their game or their involvement in the scene as well. Mm -hmm. It's really cool, you know, seeing, you know, I, I felt that it was really cool seeing Iron, um uh Aquaman, and like Wonder Woman. You know, f- try to try to fight Steppenwolf, like on that final scene on that concourse, with that w- where the mother box is at the end, and you know, basically trying to hold off this thing while Cyborg is doing his thing. Yeah. And you know, there's all these little pieces in that scene that I think work really well. Like Cyborg's got the mother box, Barry's outside running around trying to create this thing, and. You know they're trying to stop him from getting to Cyborg, um, and I, I thought that all worked really, really well. And I feel like that moment that Steppenwolf Wolf gets to him and gets through them, and and Supes shows up, I thought was like pretty awesome. I thought.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, that was you know, that was a great scene. Yeah, once he's in that scene, and you see them see him, and you know the level of his power. I just feel like all of their power just goes up a level, you know, their abilities (laughs) just go up a level wonder woman and Aquaman working together and doing, you know, like, I thought that that was just, I thought that that was just awesome. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the standouts to me, action wise really kind of fall in with Superman's involvement. And, 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 uh, you know, I think some of the flash stuff was really kind of cool too um, which I I thought about, you know, in the original release too, I kind of liked some of those action sequences Um, and he got a little more in this one, but yeah, I don't know. Like I thought the action was maybe, yeah, a little scattered, but I I thought the big action
1: pieces were, were pretty
0: cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. No, I, Um, I like that, that feeling you were just describing Steve of like, they did a good job of showing how like, Wonder Woman can kind of hold him off doing this and Aquaman can kind of hold him off doing, th- like th- of showing that kind of like taking turns yeah. and then getting knocked back. And, uh, you know, we've seen that, but this was, a I thought, a partic- particularly well choreographed version of that with these characters who we've kind of, I mean, Wonder Woman needs to have a foe that's that powerful so she can kind of cut loose and still it's a, still a yeah. fight. Aquaman needs that. Even yeah. su- with Superman, it's like an equal almost rather than someone he can just throw around. But when he shows up and just kind of punches him and he flies, it's not quite like a, a fist pumping moment, but it is like, oh, that's a really cool thing that they build up to. Like this movie did a good job of making that moment satisfying when it's like, okay, the, the gang's all here, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just think that like what they do with Superman or what he does with Superman in most cases like works really well. Like even when he has the same moment that he had in Man of Steel, you know, when he kind of has the takeoff moment and like everything's like floating, you know. That stuff gives me cold chills. Like in Man of Steel, in Man of Steel, it gave me cold chills. That score, um, it's just a good, it's a perfect moment for me in terms of superhero movies. And, you know, it's a it's an abridged version of it in this, but reintroducing it in, in this movie, like At that crucial point in the story, um, again, it works. It worked on me again. You know, even in a shortened version, um, (laughs) mainly because I love Henry Cavill as Superman.
1: You know, this movie pays off a lot of the things that people were complaining about with Zack Snyder's take on these characters, too. That would be one of my other positives that I would mention, is that the Batman in this movie is changed by his experience. So people were like, why would Batman be acting like such a villain in Batman versus Superman, kind of? And why is Superman this scary guy rather than this heroic figure to people? Um, I feel like... I feel like there's something about that that feels kind of like, oh, yeah, now we're seeing the result of that. We're seeing what Zack Snyder's plan was, which was definitely not to hold back on the notion that Superman is a true hero or that Batman would be like a a friend to that character. You know, this movie you see, like Batman's almost like a a zealot himself for for the cult of Superman kind of in
2: this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's like
0: it's worth it all to risk it for him to be back. Right.
2: Yeah. So I guess we'll yeah. we 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 we're saying go ahead. What are we what are we saying about? I feel this?
1: Like people are going to watch this, right? I mean, you're either if you're not going to watch this, I, you know, it is long. I, what someone said to me, I can't wait. I was like, the my only warning is that it is every bit of a four hour movie. Outside of that, it's like it's what you think it's going to be. And if you're on board for it, and if as we have been saying all this time, sure, I'd be interest, interested to see what the finished version of Zack Snyder's idea was. This feels it. This puts the movie in such a weird place, though. As someone said, neither one of them is. like, like the official DCEU canon right now, because they've kind of moved on from this stuff, supposedly. I don't doubt that right. what you're saying might be true, Steve, though, that if, if the reaction to this is whatever WB wants it to be, uh, they're going to be like, all right, we can turn this into a, an HBO Max series, or or we can make yeah, Justice League 2 in talk. a few years, or whatever. We, we know the hype is there for it, you know? Um yeah. I don't know what the actual numbers are but I imagine this is going to be a heavily played uh film in the next you know few days uh, as it, as it's available to people so Um yeah. yeah I wouldn't be surprised to see that announcement coming but it seems like it's almost like even Zack Snyder doesn't talk like he really expects him to but you you know you when you mention it as a kind of flex I'm like oh, you know maybe there is something to that that he's like oh, let's just see like he knows that he got kind of petitioned back <laughs> into this Yeah so Absolutely yeah Yeah
0: yeah, I mean, it's a go ahead for me. I mean, yeah. yeah, I, I personally didn't feel. I mean, I, it definitely is a four hour movie, sure, but um, I didn't. We were joking before we recorded about like sit, watching it in one sitting, and uh, I definitely did. And you know, I, I, it, it is long, yeah, but I don't know. I, I, did, I, I feel like it felt like a long movie. It didn't feel like a four hour movie to me personally. See, it felt um, super I feel long. Like, I, yeah, right. I've watched like three hour movies that were like yeah. Longer to me, like harder to get through for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is definitely like if you're any of these conversations that we are talking about comic book movies, Zack Snyder, the the whole release Snyder cut, whatever it is. I, I would, I I recommend seeing it. I mean, you're already going to see it, I'm sure, but um, you know, and and even if you didn't like Justice League and like you don't really care about this, like I feel like if you like Man of Steel, um, however you feel on BBS, like I I would just be, I, I. stoke your curiosity to be like just watch this to see what at least he was trying to do with these movies yeah uh, on the way out so you can um you know just see it from there but yeah it's on it'll be on hbo max when this podcast comes out so you'll have time to watch it if you can find four hours <laughs> <laughs> or break it out however you want to um so yeah that's zach snyder's
2: justice league
0: um you guys have anything
2: else you need to mention before we wrap up no, no, not not on my end.
1: Okay. No, I mean, maybe next week so again, we can talk about this. If you guys have seen, uh, I think this is this week is when uh, season two of Servant uh, wraps up. I've seen, I've watched all of those. And I actually went back and started watching the first season with my wife and en- enjoyed, now that I know where things are going, I've enjoyed that journey uh, a lot more. Uh, so um, I would just remind people that if they were waiting, now you can binge the entire second season of Servant on uh, Apple TV+. Plus.
0: Oh, cool yeah we'll definitely check that out talk that about the next week for sure and again we'll we'll uh we'll uh, kind of circle back on south by southwest and kind of talk about the standouts for uh for us in checking out this year um yeah cool all right cool guys uh dot pod.link slash is a great landing page if you want to kind of try to find us on whatever platform you like listening to podcasts on you can find it there or you can listen to it directly on there Facebook.com, Twitter.com, movies, uh Instagram.com slash movie. It's all the same everywhere. Um, also YouTube. We have a channel on YouTube.com slash movie movie where these videos can be found, the video version of this podcast. And then with uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier starting back up, we'll be coming back to Marvel Schmarvel with new episodes of that, kind of going over that series uh as it airs its six episodes over the next couple of weeks. And uh yeah, otherwise, good talking to you guys and uh, we'll touch base shortly. All right. Uh, As always, you've made our day. Thanks.
1: Bye. I wonder what note that is. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question.